This is ESPN New Hampshire, WGAM, Manchester, WGHM, Nashua. Yeah, it's it's an important night. I think, uh, you know, something we can do to obviously get the military in here to watch a game and, uh, you know, let them enjoy something like that. But it's just, uh, you know, we're able to do what we do because there's there's people over there fighting for our freedom and uh, we can we can sit at home and feel safe uh, because of that. So it's, it's obviously, uh, it's always a great night here and I look forward to it every season. I know my teammates do as well. It's heavy, but I don't think of it. It's not, it's not mine. For me, it'll be an individual award for a collective effort. It's ours. No one man carried the day. We did it together. Uh, I didn't do anything any differently than any other man there that day. And there was valor everywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Medal of Honor recipient, Staff Sergeant Ryan M. Pitts. for the performance of our national anthem.
Thank you to all our veterans out there right now. Thank you for your service, your sacrifice, and all you do, enabling us to do this show and so many other things and providing us with our freedom. This show is dedicated to you, and all the music here will be Veterans Day related. So for you veterans, I hope you enjoy it. And a big shout-out to my, uh, my dad up above, sacrifice for our country, and all others who have lost anyone, a shout-out to you as well. This is the Stretch Run on a Friday on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy. Justin Sullivan working the boards and alongside, as he will be most Fridays with us now, our good man, Bob Bardis of Bardis Law. Good Mr. afternoon, Bardis. gentlemen. Good afternoon. Thank you. Ready to go. Are you, uh, you have any relate relatives that served or lost uh, their lives? Or My dad served during Korea and then uh, passed away in 2000, and my brother served in the Navy during the Gulf War in the early 90s. Wow. Well, thank you to them, too. Yeah, my dad was a Marine, served in uh, Vietnam, and actually suffered a, uh, an injury there that, that pretty much deteriorated throughout his life and led to his passing. And uh, I have a cousin. I know they're listening right now, Patrick and Joseph Murphy. They're uh, Marines. Currently, as we speak, and my friend Josh, uh, another Marine, and uh, Brendan Quinn, of course, who listens to our show. We talked to him from South yes. Bend. He's in the Army. And uh, my friend Lucas Carr, give a shout-out to him, an Army Ranger. And, of course, Scruffy Wallace, of the formerly of the Dropkick Murphys and of the Mahones now, a bagpiper. He was also a bagpiper in the Canadian military, and he also served in Serbia and Yugoslavia. And he will join us to talk about that. And his connection to sports and, of course, music uh, at the end of the second hour. But we got a great show in store. And by the way, we're just talking as we uh, were listening coming in. Justin played the national anthem from the Bruins game last night. And you, uh, you recognized the musician's name, didn't you? It's Gary Hoey. Yeah. He nailed it, man. He absolutely does. Oh my God. Absolutely, yeah. If, if, How is this guy not more well-known? Like... Uh, he, he puts out an album every couple of years. I want to say he did one in like 2015, but then there was a three or four year gap in between. He does, he does like a Christmas album. He has like Ho Ho Hoey wow. uh, Christmas album. Yeah. This I is, mean, uh, this is, I'm surprised. I dare say it's like, that was Jimi Hendrix-esque. Yep. It really, I tweeted that last night. It was like, I was blown away. I was driving home as the game started. I had to make a couple stops on the way home from Nashua to Arlington and 
you know, I'm listening on uh, on the Bruins broadcast there, and I'm almost stopped in my tracks. I'm like, what are they just playing, Jimi Hendrix? Like, you know, off the sound system. That's pretty cheesy. And then they, you know, they said it was an actual guy there, and I'm like, wow, that's insane. And of course, uh, uh, I'm forgetting his first name now. Is it Robert? Pitts, was it, that uh, the staff sergeant from Nashua? Do we have that name? He was from Nashua, and he dropped the ceremonial puck there. Uh, pretty cool. And the Bruins had their military appreciation night. Uh, great job. Great job by them, I thought. You know, I know every NHL team does it, but I, I just thought that the Bruins' presentation uh, last night and the the way it ran out was great. And uh, kudos to the Bruins' For a job well done, and uh, kudos for the team on ice. I mean, you come into that game, Justin. We were talking about it. We had Aaron Portsline on from the Columbus Post-Dispatch. The Columbus Blue Jackets were co- quietly one of the hottest teams in the yeah, NHL. Absolutely, yeah. Scoring at a torrid pace, specifically on the power play. And you talk, we talked a lot about Wierenski yesterday. Yeah, too. and their defense quietly becoming one of the best young cores. I mean, they're, they're going to be great. Absolutely. But they were they had come together a lot faster than expected and were uh, really contributing on offense. And they, they contributed offensively last night, but the problem was it was on the Bruins' side that they contributed. Yeah, yeah. They were a turnover machine the in the fir- first period. The first play, as, as soon as I sat oh down. Oh, my God. Wierenski. To, we to talk- Martian? Yeah, we talked yeah. about it all day. We talked about how great this kid is. Can't wait to see him. First play I see is him turning it over. I'm like, oh, that's good. He's gonna he's gonna be really good. And I get that he's very good. And I see where it was a perfect pass. I, oh, absolutely, yeah. But it was to Martian. <laughs> I, I see <laughs> that was the problem. I see exactly what everyone else is seeing with it. But yeah, the first play I see is a, a beautiful turnover. And I mean, Martian almost potted that one. That was almost the probably the best start they could have had. Yeah, and if, and that was just a you know a foreshadow of things to come. It was just gift after gift. Uh, you know, here, let me put the red ribbon on here and a little bow and, you know, Merry Christmas early from uh, Columbus to Boston here. Yeah. I, I mean, and it could, you know, you still got to dominate. You, I mean, yeah, you, capitalize you on the gotta, mistakes. You still got to score. Yeah. You still have to execute. And the Bruins did just that. And then, you know, you text me and you said, I think the apocalypse is here. <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> it wasn't Jimmy Hayes who yeah. scored. It was actually Nashua native Tim Shallow with his yeah. second goal. Yeah, I, I saw Matt Bolesky and I... The funny part is I I saw Matt Bolesky score went two one and I was getting ready to go to the gym so I ran upstairs to change and I ran back downstairs. By the time I ran, I literally two minutes. By the time I ran upstairs and downstairs, it was four to one. And I'm like, what yeah. happened? And I'm coming downstairs and Jack had said uh, Jimmy Hayes had scored. I said, oh, this is Trump wins the presidency. Matt Bolesky and Jimmy Hayes score in the same game. Like, what is going <laughs> on here? There's no way. And obviously. It wasn't. It was Tim Shell. But I was. I texted him like this. This can't be happening. What is going on right now? That yeah. Matt Bolesky yeah. and Jimmy Hayes scoring the same game. But yeah. they. They finally. Matt Bolesky looked good. He's starting to look better. And him sitting in the bench or sitting up up top and and seeing the game, I think it's had an effect. And you can see he's, he's at least. If anything else, he's re-energized. I, and always, that's fine. I've always said. I mean, I don't know why coaches don't do it more often. Oh yeah. I, like, there's nothing wrong with a healthy scratch. It's not, I, you, and you have to have thick skin if you're going to play pro sports. You Especially, know? yeah, yeah. Especially, just take it for what it is and learn from it and look at it a different way. I mean, I'm telling you, man, I sit up there where they sit. You know, when I'm covering a game, and you know, I go down. Actually, I like better. We usually sit along the sides. Yeah, but they have the scouts sitting, so you're going net to net, and you've got that view straight on. Yeah. 
And I'm telling you, man, I mean, yes, when you're down low, the game is so much faster. And when you're up top, it's so much slower. And you can see everything develop. You can see the systems sort of um, unwinding, so to speak. And, and you, you know, you can see where, okay, this guy is constantly going that direction when they bring the puck up ice, and this guy's going there. And you can see the patterns develop. I love sitting up top. My buddy has but, season tickets. But my point spot. is, that you're not seeing that if you're a player yeah, on the absolutely ice. absolutely not, yeah. You're sitting there on a bench, <laughs> heads going, <laughs> yeah. back and forth. You yeah. know, your head's on a swivel yeah. watching the game. You go up top, it slows down, and I'm sure it registers in the player's mind, okay, that's where I'm screwing up. Uh, right when the puck's coming out of the blue line, that, that's where I'm screwing up right now, and I got I to gotta, I gotta tighten up there. And look at Pileski now. He, he definitely looks re-energized. He's a different player. He looks completely re-energized. Hayes even looked better. Yes. Yeah, and I can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with that. Yeah. Fi- finally, you know, and I think he's getting to the net now, and he's using his body a little bit more, and it's just – they need that. They need. Yeah. Uh, they they can't have a one line team. They're they're going absolutely nowhere if their one line, as nasty of a line as it is, Marjoran, Marshian, and Pasternak, that can't be it all year. They need help from Krejci. They need help from Bacchus. They need help from that first that second line there to give them some production. Because if they don't, they're they're looking at exactly what we've talked about. You know, just a a, a tough year, and they, they needed it. And it's good to see that it's finally coming coming together here. Yeah, and you know. We look at Hayes right now, and he hasn't performed well at all. And it's interesting because I heard Pierre Maguire uh, talking on air when I was in Montreal, uh, and they asked about Jimmy Hayes and what's going on with him. And, you know, he's a big guy. He's not, he's not physical. He's not doing this. And apparently Jimmy and his brother Kevin Hayes of the Rangers, who Kevin, by the way, is having an amazing season Fantastic right now start. for the Rangers, yeah. a great start to the season there. Both of them really committed to the weights and working out over the summer and conditioning. They, I forget the guy's name. There's a guy in Connecticut. He's a, he's a top-notch trainer. He works with Max Pacioretty from the Canadians and a bunch of other players. And they, they worked with him nonstop over the summer. And it was, it, it's so weird how Kevin came in and he's ripped it up and yeah. Jimmy's done nothing. And, you know, Pierre bluntly said, well, one's got it in him and one doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty cut and dry. There's no. There's no hiding your feelings on that. You one. know, so it's not like it's a lack of of work ethic. The work ethic is there clearly, and it was it was revved up a notch over the summer. You just wonder. I mean, has he just got that that oomph in him that that killer instinct? And I I, I don't, don't know. I don't see it. Yeah, I, per- and, I personally don't see it. I mean, that might. What are you gonna do? He yeah. is who he is, right? Yeah, you can't exactly. you can't train that. You can't you can't teach it. You, you can't, can't teach it. That, you can't right? train it. Right. You have it or you don't. Yeah. yeah. And, and, like, it, and like Kevin has a nose for it. Like you can tell when especially playing against the Rangers recently, you got to see him. He has and I'm watching him at BC and all that stuff going way back. But he has a nose for the net, he has a nose for the puck. But he plays more physical. And he plays more physical, he gets and Jimmy's involved. bigger. And and Jimmy you can see is just it, it's so, so here, what here's about, what you know? here's what my suggestion is, and I'm sure the Bruins are thinking the same thing, and they know this. But you know, if you go back 15, 20 years, they didn't know it with a, a fellow by the name of Joe Thornton. And I, by no means am I putting Jimmy Hayes' skill yeah equal to Joe Thornton. Don't get me wrong there. But the problem when Joe Thornton was here and why Joe Thornton as a Boston Bruin didn't succeed was because the team wanted him to be a Cam Neely. They wanted him to be this right. big, rough-and-tumble yeah. guy right. get up front, because get, of his size. Right. That's not Joe Thornton. 
Joe Thornton, as I always said, is a gigantic Adam Oates. <laughs> he's a playmaker. Yeah. yeah. But he's not – he doesn't use his size to succeed. He uses his smarts and his instincts. They need to figure out what Jimmy Hayes is. He's not the big guy you want him to be. He's not the fighter. He's not the bruiser. He's, he's not, not the he's not Camp presence. Neely. Yeah. You, you, but there, there's something that got him this far. It's not just pure size that gets you all the way to the NHL. So they need to like dig deep and start to utilize him for what he is, not what you want him to be. Yeah. That, that would be my Jimmy Hayes solution. So yeah. I don't know. But by the way, the Bruins win 5-2. to two. David Krejci, great game as well. Uh, Tuka Rask is what now? Eight and one? Pretty good. <laughs> Vesna Trophy <laughs> candidate already? Like, wow. Rask. Pretty good. That's all we I'm were ready say. to trade him before the season started. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and a big game for the Celtics tonight. Uh, we will have Patrick Gilroy of ESPN New Hampshire on to discuss that uh, in the second hour, right after I said, uh, as we told you in the crossover there, former NHL referee Paul Stewart's going to come on. Nice. We're going to talk to Paul. Uh, about a mutual friend of ours and uh, Hall of Fame Bruin and former captain uh, and Hart Trophy winner, Milt Schmidt. And do you know, do you know when Milt Schmidt won the Hart Trophy? Hmm. Milt Schmidt won the Hart Trophy the season he came back from fighting for his country in World War II. Unbelievable. Unreal. Think about that. <laughs> Unreal. I mean... Okay, so here we are on Veterans Day, and I thought it would be appropriate to talk about Milt Schmidt and pay homage to the 98-year-old Bruins legend. Um, I once had Milt Schmidt on a hockey show I was doing back in 2009, and it was uh, by far one of the best interviews I've ever been a part of. And, and, you know, he's he's not well enough right now to go through the interview, but, uh, you know, you saw him out there with Bobby Orr. In the season yeah, opener absolutely. or the home opener, yes, that yes. was not a, not a single dry on that. that yeah, that was no unreal. Chance. But I mean, think about that. Just let that sink in and, and try to tell me that you'd ever see something like that today. They, no, nah, it's not. I mean, the closest dead. thing we ever came to was Pat Tillman. Yeah. Okay, from the from the Cardinals. Cardinals. Yep. yep. And I believe Arizona State. Yeah. Uh, but you know, unfortunately, Pat didn't make it back. Uh, rest in peace. But. It just amazes me every time I read about that story. And uh, actually, I gotta—I forgot to send you something. I need to send you a soundbite. We need to play in that Paul Stewart uh, segment. So we'll uh, we'll get that going in the second hour. Paul Stewart, Patrick Gilroy, and like I said, Scruffy Wallace of the Mahones. Bagpiper will be joining us. Uh, in the final hour, we'll get you teed up for the Patriots and Seahawks uh, with Phil A. Perry of Comcast Sportsnet New England. And then Gabriel Morenci. Our man. Little toast to down the hatches. Oh, yeah. Patting down the hatches. We'll close the show out with him and his NFL and NCAA football picks. Uh, always a segment I look forward to at the end of the week. It's a great way to go into the great weekend. Great way to go into the weekend. I'm That's going, right. I'm going away this weekend. I need a little laughter before I go away. I That's right. It. That's right. And so uh, good stuff there. The band you heard coming in and the one you're going to hear right now going out is the Street Dogs out of uh, Boston, Massachusetts. They've got some New Hampshire connections as well. Lead singers Mike McCaulgan. They've got a uh, series of shows. They come back every Christmas around the holidays. They play a series of shows in Boston. Uh, they're huge, huge sports fans, specifically Red Sox and Bruins. We're going to bring Mike in uh, the Street Dogs. Mm. 
We're love setting that. up the date. They're going to come in here in studio here I at ESPN that. New Hampshire in Nashville at our studios, and they're going to play an acoustic set I here on the show uh, sometime in the next few weeks to promote their, uh, I believe they call it Wreck the Halls. Wreck I'll the get halls. the correct <laughs> name I've, I've, I've heard of that. I yes, so that. Uh, looking forward to that. And we also are working on getting the Mighty Mighty Boston's oh, yeah. here in studio. Uh, Dickie B is a friend of mine, and they play their hometown throwdown after Christmas, right love before that. New Year's, every year in Boston at the House of Blues. So, you know I love my music, and like I said, all the music here today is uh, is dedicated to anyone who served for our freedom. Thank you for your service. This is a stretch run. We'll be back here on ESPN New Hampshire. Baghdad, about six months on card, and I ED today. Now he is gone. He went abroad to serve when he was only 19. Reality caught up with him, so lot full of dreams. He's never gonna get a chance to chase all those holes. Lost the mile miss this war and smoke. Could you hear the sound of you located? Watch on TV, names are taken. Mother, mother, my final transmission. You're listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for Friday Night Lights, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. Every big sports moment can be heard right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Classic a shot. Down in front, picked up by Crosby. Lobbed down the ice. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have won the Stanley Cup. Flips to Jacob. Three for the win. It's good. It's the three to Steps back, puts up a three, won't go. Final seconds, it's over, it's over. Cleveland is a city of champions. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. We've got it all here. This is ESPN New Hampshire. Looking for a stylish place to call home? Then you need to check out the brand new apartment homes in Lowell at 24 Merrimack Street. The apartments at 24 Merrimack Street are located in historic downtown Lowell and offer unique apartment living within an historic 19th century building. Residents enjoy brand new interiors and unparalleled lifestyle amenities. Just moments from downtown Lowell's boutique shops, cafes, and entertainment. For more information, please visit 24MerrimackStreet.com. Again, that's 24MerrimackStreet.com. The money-saving tip. Coming at you with another money-making tip. How to save money effectively. Tired of overpaying for stuff? Then head to ESPNNHradio.com and check out the ESPN New Hampshire Deals page. You can save up to 50% on deals from all your favorite local businesses and restaurants. Why pay full price when gift cards and gift certificates are only a few clicks away? So start saving now by going to ESPNNHradio.com and checking out the new ESPN New Hampshire Deals page. You're welcome. The Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. I am speaking with Patrick Gillis, Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month of October from Exeter High School. Patrick, how are you? Good, how are you, Laura? So, tell me a little about your experience at Exeter High. You played football mm-hmm. four years there. So, it's been a really good experience, both academically and uh, with sports. Like We have, I would say, one of the best football programs in the state. and We're constantly making playoffs year after year. And then academically, I've had like multiple options with um, pursuing kind of like the interests I have. So I've had uh, lots of different science classes, and I'm looking to go into engineering in the future. So I've been able to go over to the Seacoast School of Technology and take engineering classes over there. Nice. Where are you looking to go to college? I've applied to some local schools and then some farther ones too. I'd say probably my first choice would be George Tech. 
I've also applied to UNH and Clemson and um, some other local schools that better specialize in engineering. How do you maintain a GPA of 4.92 and also maintain football and National Honor Society, National Honor Technical Society, class treasurer, uh, co-president of Students Against Bullying? Like, how do you maintain all these things? Pretty much every morning and early mornings having a meeting before class. And there's a lot of support from, like, my family and the teachers, too, to strive to do well. Nominate your son or daughter. Sign up now at ESPNNHradio.com. With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers in all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. Let your search for Mazda and Subaru dealers begin and end with North End Subaru Mazda. Only 20 miles from Nashua, North End Mazda in Lunenburg has the best deals in the area. With Mazda 3s and Subaru Forester, both leaders in their class, and a giant pre-owned inventory. To look at their weekly specials, give them a call at 888-805-1469 today. They're just a click away at buynorthendmazda.com. Rain. Sleep. Snow are coming to threaten your visibility and turn your commute into a battle. But the Michelin Man is ready to protect you with Michelin Stealth Wiper Blades. Exclusive SmartFlex technology makes these blades flex to the curve of your windshield, giving you the best wipe possible and streak-free, long-lasting performance for safer driving. Winter is coming, and when it arrives, be ready. Michelin Wiper Blades. It doesn't get any clearer than this. Available at Walmart, Pet Boys, Home Depot, and other fine retailers. How would you like your office to be located in the heart of downtown Manchester? The former Ted Hebert's building at 922 Elm Street is ready to house your business. With over 28,000 square feet available, the time is right for your business to maximize this rare opportunity. Again, there is now office space available at 922 Elm Street, the old Ted Hebert's building, but it won't last long. Contact Tom Finney at 603-647-6800 or visit loopnet.com. Too afraid to call our pros? It's cool. Just text them at 845-827-1250. They won't bite, we promise. And welcome back to the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. Jimmy Murphy, your host here. Justin Sullivan working the boards, doing a great job as always. We're going to talk some New Hampshire high school football because we are all the way in the semifinals, believe it or not. And we got a big one that a lot of people would like to see as the Super Bowl. But it's not going to be. It's a semifinal game between 
Bedford and Merrimack. And on to talk about that and all the other games right now is Pete Terry of ESPN New Hampshire. Pete, how you doing? Good, Jimmy. How are you? Welcome back. Yeah, thank you. Thank we you. Missed I, you this week. I missed. I missed the mics. I did. I missed being behind the mic. So I'm happy to be back, and uh, you're happy. It's that time of year right now, and this is a big one coming up uh, that we have right here on ESPN New Hampshire at 1 o'clock. Coverage begins at noon. Is that correct? Yeah, a special edition of uh, Friday Night Lights, semifinal Saturday edition, Krista Turk, noon until 5, featuring live play-by-play, Merrimack against Bedford, the Armageddon game, the rematch yep. from the season-opening game when Bedford beat Merrimack 24-20. to Both teams ran the table the rest of the way, and they're going to square off tomorrow afternoon at Bedford High School. And the winner's moving on to the state championship game next week at the brand-new Wildcat Stadium at UNH. Now, will you have your show as well before? Yeah, 9 to 11, myself, Dave Haley, the New Hampshire High School football show. we got a great show lined up. Uh, uh, we're going to talk to the Bedford coach, uh, Derek Stank. He's going to join us just a few hours before okay. kickoff. Uh, we also got some other guests coming on the show. Londonderry head coach uh, Jimmy Lozon is going to be in studio with us for one of the hours. He's going to be our uh, expert analyst, uh, mm-hmm. a guy who uh, played both of those teams during the regular season, of course, lost to both of those teams, got blown out by both of those teams. So he knows how good these two teams are. And I think we're also talking to Bill Raycraft, the head coach of the Wyndham Jaguars, who are hosting a Division II semifinal game against Plymouth. That that game kicks off at 1.30, so we'll be talking about all the games, and we'll get you ready uh, for your semifinal Saturday. And so I take it between 11 and noon, you'll be scrambling over to the field? Yeah, as soon as, uh, <laughs> soon as the show gets over at 11... I gotta upload uh, the show to uh, to nhsportspage.com so people can listen to it on demand, and then I'm heading over to to Bedford. It's gonna be so packed there. Uh, these are two teams that really support, you know, two communities that really support their teams, and two really really good football teams. It was a four point game in the regular season. It was week one, so I was watching the video that we posted uh, on nhsportspage.com of that game. And after the game, I'm interviewing the Bedford kids who won, and I'm wearing shorts. All right. Tomorrow, <laughs> the temperatures, the feels like temperatures are going to be in the 30s, going to have some wind, although I guess the wind's going to die down a little bit compared to what, it, what is going on right now out there where there's real good winds, real high winds. Hopefully, it's going to be a little bit better, but uh, this should be a huge crowd, and I think it's going to be a great football game. What are we looking for from each team as far as their strengths and if there's any weaknesses? Well, Merrimack, when you think of Merrimack, it's offense. Their quarterback, Justin Grassini, just uh, That's right. set the record. Him. He's got 41 touchdown passes on the season through 10 games. And they've blown a lot of teams out. So he hasn't played the whole game. Mm-hmm. You know, really, only a couple times he probably played the whole game this year. And one of them was that game against Bedford in week one thing is about that game they got behind 17 to nothing they didn't score any points until the fourth quarter they ended up putting 20 in the fourth quarter Mm -hmm. they started getting that offense and that passing game going they've got weapons all over the field i mean good receivers you know a speed guy and justin weiser they got another speed guy who can get open and make people miss and joe eichmann real big physical receiver and uh danny mckillop they had a kid danny vanacek who had three touchdown catches last week I don't know if he even had more than two going into the the game last right. week. So they got a lot of weapons. Uh, Bedford, they've got a little bit more of a diverse offense. Merrimack does not run the football. Grassini doesn't run as a quarterback. 
I mean, he can do it from time to time. I don't think they want him running because they don't want him to get hurt. Yeah. Where Bedford's got a quarterback, Connor Robert, who's got real good weapons. He's got big receivers. He's got a six foot four kid in Noah Shabarik, who you just can't defend because he's just too big for anybody else. Mm-hmm. And they got another big receiver on the other side, Lee and Green. But they've got two really good running backs in Nick Leahy and Sean Tierney. And that's the one thing that Bedford has that Merrimack doesn't. Merrimack's running game is led by Brody Kelly. But they really choose not to run because they don't really need to. They can throw the ball. But I think that's where Bedford has the advantage, the fact that they can mix it up a little bit, maybe run the football and keep that Merrimack offense off the field with long drives. And I think Bedford, another place where they have advantage, they got bigger dudes on the line on both sides. Mm -hmm. Merrimack is very, very strong, very, very fast, but they don't have a lot of size on either offensive or defensive line, and Bedford has that. So I think that's an area to watch. If Bedford can get some pressure on Grassini like they did in the first game, even rush him, hurry him, sack him like they did a few times, that'll go a long way towards them being able to win this football game. So you tell me basically Bedford's more of a grinding team and Merrimack's more finesse. I don't want to say that. Uh, Merrimack is finesse, but they're also tough. They're very physical. So they're, oh, okay. they're the rare combination of physical and finesse. They hit real hard. They yeah. got a kid, Tyler Daniel, who I, I failed to mention when I was talking about the weapons. He's probably the best all-around football player you're going to see on the field tomorrow, offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. He can really, really hit. The kid is jacked. I mean, he's, you should see this kid's physique. He's just really, really muscular and tough, and he can hit people, and he can also make plays on offense. So I wouldn't say that that Merrimack is a finesse team. I think that would be a mistake for anybody to think that the Merrimack is a a finesse team because they're not. Okay. Uh, Finally, before we leave this game, what was the difference in the last game, I mean, that you're going to look for this uh, going into this game that they did to win before? Merrimack, they got off to a slow start. I mean, like I said, they didn't score any points. They were shut out until the fourth quarter. So it's about setting the tone then. It's about getting out, and they've played so well since then. Uh I mean, they've been, you know, they scored more points than anybody else in the state of New Hampshire this year. Uh, They had 68 in a game. Grassini threw nine touchdowns in one game. All right. And he only played three quarters in that game. (laughs) So this is a, a, a touchdown waiting to happen. This is the type of team they are. Thing is, Bedford can kind of match that. That's the one team that really can stand toe to toe with Merrimack, where other teams haven't been able. I think they're the hotter team right now, Merrimack. And if you look at various picks, and I pick Merrimack to win the game. Now, I think it's going to be very close, and I wouldn't be surprised if Bedford won, but everybody is leaning towards Merrimack. There's team, people that vote in the Power Poll, the uh-huh. Union Leader ESPN New Hampshire football Power Poll. Bedford's undefeated. They beat Merrimack. There's one guy that voted Merrimack ahead because he thinks that they're just playing better right now. Now, they got to win against Bedford in order for me to move them up to in really my ballot. that, yeah. Yeah, but it could happen. I predict it to, to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if I'm interviewing the Bedford Bulldogs after the game if they win. So everybody's focused on this game. It looks like it's going to be a great one, but what about the other games that are being played tomorrow? What can we expect from there? The other game in Division One, Exeter playing host to Nashua North. Exeter's a team that is nine and one on the season. Nashua North is seven two. They played each other in Nashua earlier this year. Both teams came into the game, I think, four one. I think it was week six. And Exeter blew them out forty two to six. 
So they dominated that football game, and I think that surprised a lot of people. North has been beaten up on some of the, the weaker teams over the last three weeks. They played Bishop Girton, although I don't want to say Bishop Girton is weak, but defensively they're weak. Mm-hmm. North scored 67 in the first game, the regular season finale, and gave up 41 in that game, I think, or 40. It was, it was a 30-something point win. I think it was 64 to 33. And then last week, I think it was 67 to 41. So they played BG two weeks in a row. No defense. And either. No defense either way. And then they played Spalding and they won 54 to 8. So they've scored 200 or 180, I think, of their 400 points on the season in the last three weeks. Wow. So they've been scoring a lot. But this Exeter is different. Exeter is. When you look up the, the definition of program when it pertains to high school football in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. Exeter is going to be, you know, in that, you know, list right there. Pinkerton is another team. Wyndham is becoming like that. So is Bedford. Uh, Wyndham and Bedford are both new schools, but Exeter's been doing it at a high level for a long time. They got a coach, Bill Ball, who the stadium where they play is named after that guy. It's Bill Ball Stadium. So he's won championships, multiple championships there. Also in recent memory, when you look at the sideline of an Exeter game, they got like 100 kids on the sideline. The roster, you got like three kids number seven, three kids number 10. They've got multiple kids wearing the same uniform number. Now, those are JV and freshmen that they just dress, but they just have huge numbers. And this is a ground and pound, three yards in a cloud of dust type of football team. I think they might have thrown one pass all last week, and it went for a 65-yard touchdown. (laughs) Real good quarterback by the name of Kyle Ball, no relation to their coach, Bill Ball. This kid ran for an 89-yard score last week out of the quarterback position. He threw the 65-yard bomb, and they got a bevy of running backs who just pound away at you with a big offensive line. North has good size and good strength on their lines, but they just haven't shown that they can hang with Exeter. And I just don't see them being able to hang with Exeter. I think it's going to be closer than 42 to six, like it was last time. But I just, I think Exeter is just one of those teams. And North always, you know, when you think they're really, really good, they tend to come up a little bit small, at least in my opinion, over the recent years. So I like Exeter to win that game. And no matter who wins the Merrimack Bedford game, I like that team to win against Exeter next week at UNH in the championship. No matter what. No matter what. You don't expect what. any letdown after such a huge no, emotional game. I mean, last year we had a similar situation. The two best teams were Goffstown and Bedford, and Goffstown beat Bedford in the regular season. They hosted the semifinal game, mm-hmm. and then they beat Bedford in a classic game in the semifinals, and then they went on and, and waxed Exeter in the championship game okay. 42-14. to 14. So, you know, I, I just don't see... Whoever comes out of that Exeter North game being able to compete with the winner of uh, Merrimack against Bedford. All right. And then how about some of the other games we get going this weekend? Division two, I talked about Wyndham. They are the odds on favorite. If they don't get to and win the championship in Division two, I will be absolutely shocked. They're going to host the Plymouth Bobcats. That's a team that's missed the playoffs uh, for the last couple of years. They got a real good team this year. Uh, but it's this is a run-heavy game. You know, just like Exeter, both of these teams like to run the football. Garrett Maycumber is a big bruising tailback. He's about 230 pounds for Plymouth. He's run for over 2,000 yards mm-hmm. in his 10 games so far this season. So he's basically got 200 yards in every single game except last week in the playoffs, and he had 135 in that game and a touchdown. I don't see them being able to hang with Wyndham. Wyndham's got a bevy of different ball carriers 
and they can throw the football too. A lot of play action stuff, wide open touchdowns happens all the time. They could throw the ball more if they wanted to. They just don't need to. Right. I see Wyndham winning that game, and I see them winning it comfortably. I think the closest anybody's came to Wyndham this year is 21 points. Wow. They're averaging over 50 a game. This team is really, really good. How about the uh, Division Three? Well, the other Division II semifinal, by the way, this is a game that if before the season anybody told you it was going to be Bo against Hanover for a right to go to UNH, people would have laughed. Bo is a team that has been very good in Division III. They moved up because of enrollment to Division II, Uh and they went, uh, I think they lost two games this year. They went 7-2 and in the regular season, and then they knocked off John Stark, who was the team I had penciled in into the championship game against Wyndham. They beat John Stark twice this year at John Stark, including last week in the playoffs. John Stark's the team that has the quarterback, Drew McCorry, who's going to BC next year on a scholarship. He's going to play tight end for them next year. Mm-hmm. He actually got hurt late in the season, I think against John Stark in the regular season, had a bruised rotator cuff. So he couldn't play quarterback. They had to move him to receiver. But luckily for John Stark, they had another McQuarrie, a sophomore, wow. who was a couple inches taller than his <laughs> six foot five brother. And he went in and played quarterback and did quite well. But Bo beat him twice. And now Bo is playing Hanover, a team that almost folded their football program this year because they didn't have participation numbers. And there was talk they were going to not play football or maybe do a co-op situation with Lebanon, their, their rival, which right. would have been crazy. But those two teams... You know, they beat Lebanon last week. Hanover did. Bo beat John Stark. So now it's Bo against John Stark. I like Bo in that game. I don't know. You know, that could go either way. Right. But whoever comes out of that game, I don't think has a chance. Seems like an upstart program. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've been really, really good in Division Three, but they moved up this year. And we thought they'd do okay and be competitive. Not this good. But not, you know, not one win away from a championship game. That's pretty good. And how about Division Three? Division Three. um... I think it's a, a situation where all year long we were talking about two teams, Monadnock, the Huskies, who are undefeated. They have given up 31 points all year. They have six shutouts in nine games. All right, the only there's three teams that scored off them this year, or maybe two. I know Interlakes Moultonboro, who's in the other semifinal, uh, they're going to play Bishop Brady. Interlakes Moultonboro scored 12 off them, uh, and uh, Stevens, who uh, Manadnock is going to play tomorrow, scored six off him. Mm-hmm. And then somebody else scored some points off him, but it, they let, I don't want to say they let them, but they weren't really trying to shut them right. out. I can't remember who it was. Maybe Newport. I'm not sure. But, anyways, Manadnock is a prohibitive favorite against Stevens, although Stevens only lost by 14 to them, 20 to 6 when they played each other in the regular season. Stevens has a lot of playmakers, a sophomore quarterback, Henry Bork, real good wide receiver, and Parker Smith, Zach O'Brien. Uh, they, they've just got a lot of weapons on, on that football team. Richard Bell's a real good running back. Mm-hmm. But Manadnock, you want to see handoffs. You want to see ground and pound. That's what Manadnock's going to do. They have two 1,000-yard rushers this season on the same yeah. team, two seniors, and they got a real big bruising line. I like Manadnock to win that game. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the other game is interlakes Moultonboro against Brady. Brady's a team with 21 kids on the team. 21. That's it. That's it. And they, they're 8-1 and one so far this year. But when they played interlakes Moultonboro in Concord earlier this year, they lost 35-7. to So I like Interlakes Moultonboro against Manadnock next week. And that could be interesting. 
I was at the Interlakes Moultonboro Manadnock game in the regular season, and it was 27 to 12. Manadnock won, but Interlakes was the first team to score against them this year uh-huh. and the only team to take a lead on them this year. And I think on the turf, Interlakes is a more uh, finesse team, like you talked about. They got beat up by Manadnock in that okay. game, but on the turf, that turf field at UNH with good conditions. A lot of weapons, Ryan Kelly to throw the ball around to. Andrew Brothers, one yeah. of the best players in the state. I think Interlakes can give him a game in that championship game, if it comes to that. All right. Well, jam-packed weekend. Huh? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of How fun. How many games are you getting to? Well, I'm only going to be – all the games start at 1. Oh. The Wyndham-Plymouth game starts at one thirty, so you can only go to one game. Oh. So I'm going to be at the Merrimack-Bedford game. We'll have it on the radio. We're going to have it on uh, video highlights package on nhsportspage.com. We're also working on a situation where we might be able to live video stream the game using the ESPN New Hampshire play-by-play. I think that's going to happen so that way anybody can watch the game anywhere on their computer or their phone for free. We look forward to it. Yeah, so we'll post something on the website. We'll put it out on Twitter. Hopefully that's going to work out. We're working on it. We're that close to doing it. Get some rest tonight then. Yeah. And and by the way, an ESPN New Hampshire event, I think, this Sunday night for the Patriots, right? Yeah, Patriots and the Seahawks. I'll be out at the new Buffalo Wow Wings in Nashua All at the Crescent right. Lane Mall, 8 to 10. I also got a UFC event. Conor McGregor's fighting tomorrow night. Yep. So I'll be out at uh, Chunky's uh, in Nashua watching it on the big screen. Awesome. Great stuff. Pete, enjoy the weekend. Get some sleep tonight. You're going to need it. Thanks, Jimmy. All right. That's Pete Terry of ESPN New Hampshire. He's got you covered when it comes to New Hampshire high school football. And, of course, check out his work at New Hampshire Sports Page. This is The Stretcher, and I am your host, Jimmy Murphy. We'll be back here on ESPN New Hampshire. Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for the right time with Bomani Jones, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. 
Every big sports moment can be heard right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Classic is shot. Down in front, picked up by Crosby. Lobbed down the ice. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have won the Stanley Cup. Flips to take it. Three for the win. It's good. It's the three to win the National Championship. Steps back, puts up a three. Won't go. Final seconds. It's over. It's over. Cleveland is a city of champions. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. We've got it all here. This is ESPN New Hampshire. The bye week is over, and now the Patriots open the second half of the season with a big game against Seattle in Foxborough Sunday night. This is ESPN New Hampshire's Pete Terrier, inviting you to join me for a Bud Light Patriots viewing party at the brand new Buffalo Wild Wings inside the Pheasant Lane Mall in Nashua. We'll have lots of prizes and giveaways, and someone watching the Pats at B-Dubs in Nashua is going home with an awesome Bud Light Patriots cooler. Buffalo Wild Wings, now serving you game day greatness inside the Pheasant Lane Mall in Nashua. Beals Insurance Agency is proud to announce the opening of their new Londonderry office. Located on Route 102, Beals Insurance is committed to serving Londonderry, Hudson, Wyndham, and Litchfield while offering the best price and quality coverage that's right for you. Whether it's home, auto, or business insurance, make the right call with Beals Insurance Agency. Call Steve at 603-471-9999 or visit BealsInsurance.com. At Michelob Ultra, we know it's not just about how much you work out every day. It's about how much you work into every day, too. That's why we brew a beer for those who realize that expending calories should never come at the expense of spending time with friends. And for those who understand that just because you work out doesn't mean you can't go out. Hey, that's why we brew Michelob Ultra to have 95 calories, 2.6 carbs, and an exceptional taste. Michelob Ultra, brewed for those who go the extra mile. Enjoy responsibly. 2016 Michelob Ultra Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. 95 calories, 2.6 carbs, 0.6 grams protein, 0 grams fat for 12 ounces. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. We just bought a fixer-upper, and I don't know where to begin. So I went to see Paul at our neighborhood Ace. I told Nate we have everything he needs to help him repair their home, from a wide selection of paint colors, craftsman tools, and the best lawn and garden brands. Ace is the place with exactly what you need, starting with help. Ace Hardware now is a brand new store in Nashua on Pearl Street downtown. That's right, a brand new Ace Hardware store in tax-free Nashua, New Hampshire. Nashua Ace Hardware is a division of Nashua Wallpaper. Do you have a flooring project in mind? Then let the experts at Divine Flooring partner with you to get the job done. Divine Flooring is committed to providing their customers with the best advice and products at the best prices. From carpet to hardwood to tile and stone, Divine Flooring will help you obtain a beautiful new floor that will last a lifetime. Plus, they have a huge selection of area rugs in stock at all times. Come experience the Divine difference. You'll be floored. Located right on Route 101 in Wilton. Call 603-654-5400 or visit DivineFlooring.com. New York, peace of mind. Let's discuss a little bit of the Derek Rose tree. I think he needs to start fresh. I think New York is the perfect place for him. He loves being in a city. He loves being under the bright lights. I think him, Mello, and Porzingis is an interesting, you it's know, interesting. it's a curious how everybody melts yeah. together. He has been a league average point guard, essentially. But, as we were touching on already, is significantly better than what the Knicks had. Starting now, the Knicks are in a much better place than they were three days ago. Every Saturday from 2 to 4, here on ESPN New Hampshire. From the frozen depths of winter to the scorching heat of summer, no matter the season, the best sports talk can be heard right here on ESPN New Hampshire.
Welcome back to the Stretch Run here on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy, Justin Sullivan, working the boards, and Bob Bartis in studio, our Friday in-studio guests with me right now. Of course, that is the Army hymn right there as we celebrate Veterans Day and celebrate the sacrifices that our veterans make for us. Thank you very much for your service. And uh, we're going to talk some NASCAR, as we always do around this time on a Friday and joining us from New Hampshire Motor Speedway is our good friend Kristen Lestock. Kristen, how are you? I'm doing great, and I also want to uh, throw the thanks out uh, for Veterans Day to all those uh, military members who served for us, their families. We, we couldn't do what we do without them. Uh, they play a big role in NASCAR. You always see them at pre-race ceremonies. We've done some driver events with them, but beyond all of that, we just want to thank them for their service and all that they've done for us in our country. Of course, of course. And, and Kristen, did you you have any family members that have served? Uh, my husband. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Tell him we said thank you as well. I will. Thank you. Now, Bob Bartis is here with me. Good afternoon, Kristen. Good afternoon. All right. Well, we want to get right into it. The NASCAR story of the week when the country is divided, the NASCAR community comes together for the funeral of Jake Leatherman, five-year-old who lost his battle with juvenile leukemia. Yeah, that is just an amazing story. It's, uh, first of all, a sad story uh, for what happened to that little boy, um, such a such a strong child, and you hate to hear um, things like that to happen, but to see the NASCAR community uh, wrap around uh, this sad story and when he um, lost the battle and his family reached out uh, some folks in NASCAR and asked if there was any uh, team members or drivers or anyone in the industry um, that could come in uniform to his funeral and help uh, celebrate his life. And there was an amazing um, level of support. I know Joey Logano Um, went with his wife. Uh, There were several crew members from teams. There were some Xfinity racers and really just um, a sad story, but wonderful to see all of our sport um, represent and support um, the five-year-olds. Yeah, it was it was an amazing turnout when, if the way I understood the story, that there was the mother made a request kind of just to see if there was a representative from anywhere who had a uniform that could come in to serve as a pallbearer. And in turn, I think it was over like 60 uh, crew members uh, in total from a variety of teams showed up. Uh, and it was such a strong, uh, uh, prominent showing outside and inside uh, for this family. It was it was a great story for uh, you know, a feel good story with, with a, with a heart wrenching, you know, uh, nucleus of that, uh, story. You're absolutely right. And it just, you know, it gives you, um, you know, goosebumps reading the story and there's some, some videos, I think NBC sports network and NASCAR.com have some, some photos and some videos and it just, um, it's, it, it's something that is heart wrenching and, uh, was just great to see our, uh, entire industry, uh, support. Yeah. Kristen, uh, we're seeing here uh, news that uh, Richard Petty Motorsports has announced Thursday that Brian Scott would retire at the end of the 2016 season, uh, and they but they still plan to remain a two-car organization and fill the number 44 Ford. Uh, any ideas who they might put in as replacements? You know, I haven't heard too many rumblings yet on who may um, take that replacement spot, but um, you know, I think it was a little bit of a shock to um, the industry to hear that announcement for that Brian um, was making. I think um, he's making this decision for his family. You know, he's a young driver, and you don't I was just going to say, yeah, he's see. pretty young. Yeah, he's 28, going on 29, I believe. Um, and so he's really 
kind of at the beginning of his career. He's a rookie in the Sprint Cup Series. But, you know, you've also got to, um, you know, commend him for, um, you know, making a step for his, his family and making sure that he can, um, you know, be a part of his family's life. He's got two young children. Um, so, you know, I think we'll still see him in the sport and see him around. He's just not committing to being a full-time racer. But to get back to your question, um, it will be interesting to see um, who uh, will go in that in that ride. You know, there, there are some... Xfinity Series drivers that are doing really well this year that uh, maybe one of them will get moved up, um, but I have not heard yet who that will be. Well, uh, NASCAR.com here is suggesting maybe a fellow that you helped get on our show uh, back in uh, September, Tyler Reddick. Yeah, I mean, you know, he is definitely um, a driver that uh, is, been really performing well and i think you guys really enjoyed that interview with him as yeah. well it would be obviously it's a great opportunity for any up-and-coming driver um you know he's actually um been a, a racer in the in the camping world truck series but i think he would be um you know a, a good a good choice yeah, he did announce uh, this week and and that he will yeah. not be returning with Brad Keselowski Racing, so there's going to be a significant void in the truck series. Uh, Daniel Hemrick is getting promoted to the Xfinity Series, and now that leaves the 29 and the 19 for Brad Keselowski vacant. So, uh, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. You're right, and you know, it's kind of cool, though, to see you've got all these up-and-coming drivers within the Canton World Truck Series and the Xfinity Series, and when it kind of seems like, they're leaving their series. It's nice to see, um, you know, the, the talent and um, them to be able to move up in our sport. And that's what we're always looking for is new, new emerging talent. I mean, look at, you know, when you've got guys like Tony Stewart retiring and, you know, Jeff Gordon who just retired. We need some more um, names and we need some more drivers that can make themselves up in the ranks. So it's awesome to see that some of these guys like Tyler um, may get that opportunity. Right, and and I was telling Jimmy earlier, it's it's one of those series that it just similar to hockey, which is Jimmy's passion. That you know, players go up and down between the NHL and the AHL. That also happens with NASCAR. We've seen Elliot Sadler struggle at the Cup level, come down, and now he's challenging for the championship in Xfinity. And Michael Lynette, who has been struggling in the Cup series, now announced he's going to have a full time ride with uh, Junior Motorsports next year in Xfinity. You're absolutely right. Those guys are doing great. I mean, Elliot. Is, um, is certainly a veteran in our sport, and to see how well he's doing in the Xfinity Series is, is absolutely great. And sometimes, um, you know, sometimes that's, that's kind of what it takes. And he, um, he has been performing so well this year, um, and, uh, you know, I think we'll see a lot of, we'll see a lot of uh, folks do some moving around now that we've got some other empty spots, you know, with um, Brian leaving, with um, in the Camping World Truck Series with Tyler um, leaving um, Brad Kozlowski and maybe moving up. So it, uh, it's certainly silly season still, and, um, but we're only going to be a few months away, uh, even though it seems like um, we still have a little bit of time left in 2016. We're really only a few months away until Daytona, which means the kickoff of 2017 is right around the corner. Right. I've already got the tickets to the Daytona 500. I'm ready to go, but we still <laughs> we still have two more races. We're at Phoenix this weekend. Uh, we're expecting a little bit of a the teammates' uh, political correctness, if you will, get thrown out out the driver's oh, window. Boy. And uh, here here comes the rivalry. Right, we're going to see J- uh, Joe Gibbs racing teammates. Uh, not necessarily uh, run as, as uh, politely, if you will, at, uh, as we've seen in the last couple of weeks at Talladega and at Martinsville. Yeah, you're right. This, uh, this race here at Phoenix this weekend is certainly um, everyone is going to uh, you know, not hold back, I would say. 
we've got a handful of drivers that are trying to, to move on to this final round. There's only two spots left. Jimmy and Carl are locked in. Kevin, Matt, Denny, and Kurt can only make it on with a win, so they're certainly going to be doing all that they can do um, to get that W and move on to the last round. And then you've got Joey Logano, who obviously if he wins, he'll clinch, but you know he could... Um, with a second-place finish and leading a lap, and Kyle as well, um, second-place finish and leading the most laps um, would get him them over there. So it's going to be a battle um, probably to the very end here um, at Phoenix Raceway, and I think that's going to make it really exciting to see who it is that makes it in. Uh, looking at um, this race and, and past performances, I'd say that Kevin Harvick is certainly the guy with the upper hand. In the last eight races, he's won six of them, um, and he. Um, you know, won this race um, several years ago, um, the year that he won the championship. So it kind of catapulted right. him. Right. So we'll be very interesting to yeah. see. Um, and then, you know, we always have the wild cards where a non-chase racer could be the one to get the win, which would really um, mix up the point situation. Um, but I think that we'll see some strong performances from Kevin Harvick. I think Joey Logano um, will also be a very strong performer this weekend. Right. It's definitely the house of Harvick, but given the controversy with Austin Dillon last week, you know, the question is, will we see some retaliation from the Richard Childress racing uh, uh, teams trying to spoil the playoff run the same way Logano and Kenseth got into it last year? I think that's the storyline for this week at Phoenix. I think you're right. You know, there was that little drama on the racetrack, and I know Austin's crew... Um, said over the radio that uh, we'll keep an eye on that car number uh, <laughs> yes. for next week. And when he's looking for a win, where this past weekend Austin was looking for a win, that happened. Um, but I know Kevin did apologize publicly to um, Austin on that situation. Does that mean that there will be no retaliation? You know, you don't know any of that. But um, Kevin Harvick is certainly got a lot on the line to lose when, you know, he, he's one of the best performing racers here, and he's got, you know, someone that's kind of keeping their eye out on form. So we'll see what unfolds um, during this race with those two. Should be interesting stuff, guys. And Kristen, uh, as always, we thank you for joining us. You got big plans for the weekend? Oh, I'm excited to watch the Phoenix race. Uh, I think it's going to be really exciting. But other than that, uh, just doing some relaxation, getting ready for our, um, you know, the upcoming gift of life that we have here. Soon. Oh, that's right. And when is that? That is going to be starting on uh, November 25th, the day after Thanksgiving. So we've got about oh, uh, 14 days or so to get more than 2 million lights up, and we've got over 400 light <laughs> displays. So uh, going to be very exciting. And also just want to remind folks, too, that um, our renewal deadline for 2017 NASCAR races is November 15th next week. So get those locked in. And if you haven't, uh, if you don't didn't have tickets last year and you want to get tickets this year, get them locked in by the 15th because you can win a real cool Harley-Davidson motorcycle. Ooh, good stuff, good stuff. Listen, Kristen, you enjoy your weekend, and thank your husband for his service, all right? Thank you so much. All right, that's Thank Kristen you. with Stock of New Hampshire Motor Speedway here in a stretch run on ESPN New Hampshire. When we get back, we will talk to former NHL referee Paul Stewart.